something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all ready? Uh, let's go. Welcome, this is Michael Cogs World. Started on Venice Beach, now he reaching the world. He'll make you laugh till your stomach hurts. Super fly, nice guy. And pray if you need the word. While the dress to the night. Come on, get ready for the star search winner. And OG, three times, this ain't no beginner. Whether you in your house, you on your breakout, out to dinner. On your job, in your car, turn it up and listen. Michael Cogs. Michael talks to everybody. Michael Cogs. Michael talks to everybody. <laughs> yes, Michael talks to everybody. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, I hope you're having a super califragilisticexpialidocious kind of day. Man, I'm excited. One of my best friends and one of the flash players of this game of comedy is here today. I was thinking of calling the topic the state of comedy today. People always ask me, what's the difference about between nine when you came, like I came when it was stagecoaches and shit. I just right. got here. Right. <laughs> what they mean by that? But um, but things have changed since over the years since we've been here. You know, we kind of like pioneers ourselves. This is your 24th year or 23rd? 24th? Uh, 30. No, no, no. You started in 2000. No, sir. What? I was going you- I was also in the Navy, but I was no, doing- Okay, so that's what I want to ask you about. You started in the Navy. I was in the Navy, 90 to 98, but I was doing comedy in the 90s, 90. But, you know, I mean, of course- Okay. When you do it, you can do comedy and not be on a national radar. Right, 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 right. So you've been, so you started in 90s? 
I started in 1991, yeah. Oh, wow. Then you are, you shit. Then you're an old person. You're like a senior yeah, citizen. I, but I, I, was, I, was a, I was a teenager. Wow. I was 18. And all of your kids have only known you as a comedian. That's a fact. And my, and my wife, for that matter. <laughs> and your wife, for that I, matter. I think, I think it's very important that you already be doing comedy when you meet somebody. Yeah. Oh, then they can accept that's what you do because that's what oh, you yeah, already do. You'll end up at work. You'll do what? You'll end up at work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you didn't start in the Navy. You did comedy before you went into the Navy. I did. I did. Oh, okay. But you you saw how to do it there too, though. But the Navy, the Navy introduced to me to my best friend Harry Rice, who now writes for Kevin Hart. Okay. And 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 it, I grew up as a man, you know. I became a man in the Navy, you know. Okay. I decided to go to the Navy to take care of my oldest daughter, who is thirty four now. Wow. And uh, and that was that was my plan at the at the moment. Mm. And um, yeah, so that was that was that's the story. That's a quick story. That's fantastic. You have six kids now, or five? Six children, five girls. Wow. Not the youngest, the boy. No, my son is number two. He's number two. So is he a junior, Rodney Junior? He is not a junior. He is Devin. He is Devin. So you got to give it one more shot. And and to be honest, I would have made him a junior, but I didn't believe his mama. Didn't believe his mama what? That, she, that she, I thought she was lying. Because So I meet his mom in New Orleans, uh-huh. and that was a scam back then to get abortion money. What? what? No, girls would put the baby and say, I'm pregnant. So you would get him abortion money, and they would go abort the baby that was never existed. Damn. So they go get some shoes or something. So I didn't I didn't believe her until I seen him and I was like, wow, this is my son. What and this is your wife we talking about? This is not my wife. This is my 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 first baby, my second baby mom. Baby mom and them too. Oh, so all five is isn't with the with your wife. My wife and I have four children together. And you get two children. two before she came along. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, one thing we can say about comedians, I don't care how old they get, they ain't shooting no blanks. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, no, sir. No, sir. They standing tall. Um, so I wanted to talk to you, Rodney, because you are a legend to me. You know, um, I remember the first time I saw you um, at the, what was that famous movie theater turned into a nightclub palace in Chicago? Not the, the Regal. Regal. The Regal Theater. What, was it the Regal? It was the Regal Theater, Comic View. It was right. Comic View, the Regal Theater. And it was, it was very important to my career because right. you became a beacon of light to people you you began to sing my praises after you saw me, and um, that really made me legitimate. So thank you for that. I'll never forget that. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad to hear that because, you know, you were great. You were great. We were sitting there just rolling, man. And and now you have almost, you say, 30 years under your belt. And so that's why I was thinking you might be a good person to ask about the state of comedy. You've done everything. You've done Def Jam, Comic View. You know, you've done all the, all the stages around the country. You know, mm-hmm. your national headliner, and you've got more films and TV shows and band camps got pork and beans. So my question would be, what is so different now than when you first got in? Here goes, Michael. Here's what's different. Mm-hmm. How you get famous is different. Oh. In the 90s and the 80s, and the early 2000s, you, you would go comedy, 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 and then at some point you would graduate to TV and film. Yes. That thing has changed. So now you go comedy, 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 pick up your phone, and go viral. Mm. So you become famous in a different medium. It's not necessarily TV or TV or film anymore. 
There is no radio to, to barnstorm and create a career out of that. You know, that's another thing that's different. Like, your your group was able to go on the radio and be funny and sell tickets that night. Yeah. And that, that don't exist no more because everything is syndicated. So the, the landscape has changed, but comedy remains the same in my book. Yeah, so what's funny is funny. You still got to be funny. You got to be funny no matter how cyber it gets if your shit ain't funny. And the good thing about comedy is you know immediately whether your shit worked or not. If they laughed, it worked. If they didn't laugh, that shit didn't work. But but also we as comedians, we know in the we know in the vacuum too. Like when you first have an idea, you know that shit's gonna hit or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we we know even before they know. Like I, I know when a joke is gonna smash. I know it. Okay, so let's try to look into the mind of the youth. All these young motherfuckers coming in here doing comedy, mm-hmm. right? But they kicking ass because they didn't figure it out on the internet. So they figured out how to do uh, 20 seconds of some goofy, funny shit. And so they end up with three, four million followers. Now, I was, uh-huh. I've never figured out how to do that yet, but I'm still open and it's interested in learning. And we're getting better and better. And because of you, you get all the credit for me because I wasn't doing none of that shit. I was like, and you was like, no, you got to do Instagram. You know, you got to do it a few days a week. You got to do it. And I start because of your push, you know. So I got like, I got like a hundred and I, I be jamming over here sometimes. I play my music while I'm talking to people. Uh, anyway, uh, so, so I've got like maybe 148, 168,000, which is nothing compared to these kids. These kids got 10 million and 9 million, you know, so I haven't figured out how to manipulate the system to get people to, or everybody look at me. I haven't figured out that part yet. I know a lot of it is You're doing the work though. That's what matters. I think, I think the internet requires, the internet doesn't require what you do to be good. See, we come from a school where you had to be good and the internet doesn't require you to be good. It requires you to be there. Oh, that's why I'm winning. Cause I ain't necessarily good, but I'll be here. God damn it. I'm here. You're going to be there. Yeah, I'm going to be here. Yeah, that's why I do my show every day. I do a show every day because I'm I want to be there. Oh, oh, yeah. I I do man every day because I don't have my money yet. See, that's my thing. And people they say, you know, Michael, you've been in the business thirty six years. You haven't changed. And writing, that's because I ain't got my money yet. When I get my money, you gonna buy me some new friends. I ain't talking to none of you motherfuckers no more. It's over. Uh, so as it stands, I'm status quo. I'm just staying where I've always been in the game, telling my jokes. No, I'm having a time in my life. I'm sitting smack dab in the middle of my dream. So I'm doing everything I've ever wanted to do in this industry. And I'm in love. So you can't beat a motherfucking complaint out of me. But what is different about black comedy today? Not not how we're getting it out there, because we're getting it out there now electronically, uh, technically, we're getting people to see us on the internet and all that shit. But the flavor of the comedy, what people are talking about now, is it is has that changed at all? Or are people still talking about the same basic stuff? Relationships, no job, bad job shit, no money, air flight travel. What what is it today? I don't know. That's a great question, Mike Collier. Um, there is a style of comedy that existed that I think is still relevant. So we saw Earthquake do a special last year that mm-hmm. was our style of comedy. It was right. rapid fire, it was funny, and the world took notice mm-hmm. of that style. Yeah. And that style harkens back to the old school. Mm-hmm. And so there's a group of us that still operate under the, the litmus test of being unadulteratedly funny. Mm-hmm. And and also, we got high joke joke per minute rate. I think good comics are getting a, getting a big laugh every 30 seconds or, or, or less. Yeah. And so, you know, I think you come from that school, 
you know, whether you're weaving your way through a joke or whether you tell, tell a part of your life, like you're all, you're, there's a big laugh and I've seen it for, for myself. <laughs> you know, yeah. you watch D.L. Hughley. He is hitting you with a big joke every 15 seconds. Yeah. And so yeah. there's some math to it that I don't think is different at all. But we also have seen alternative com- comedy make its rear its head in our community, which is, to me, kind of comedy that is not pressed to be funny. You know, what does it that might mean? be more story based. It might what? be more, you know, it comes from it comes from the white world. Like I, mm. I believe that there is black comedy and other or mainstream comedy. And if I could do anything different, I would have serenaded the mainstream sooner. Mm. If I could do anything different in my career, I would have I would have actively pursued the mainstream, and I didn't. As opposed to pursuing your own folk? Yes. Huh. That's interesting. I, I because... say this, tell, me, tell me if you agree, Michael Collier. I say black people make you famous, white folks make you rich. Well, I have to agree with that, sir. I have to agree with that because I am definitely black famous and my black ass is not rich. So I'm going to have to say I'm with that statement. I'm down with that statement. I, I know that I'm in this thing for a particular reason. I'm in it because it stirs my heart and my soul. I'm not in this to make money. So I make all the money I need to make. You know, I could always use more money. You can't get enough. I got some other shit I want to buy. But Indeed. I don't do it for the money. I stopped doing it for the money years ago. I do it now for my own personal joy and, and to get certain things out there communicated that I want communicated to the world because I do conscious comedy and I'm supposed to try to make you think and feel as well as laugh. But I weave jokes and stories in between the the, the main stuff so it just stay for the main stuff. You know what I'm saying? So yes, I do it because I, I love it. And I keep telling people that I think it is our responsibility to train the universe, to pay us to do what Agreed. we love to do. And if we get paid to do what we love to do, even if we break even, that's, yeah. we ahead that's of the good. game. That's a good day. Now, now I will say this, Michael Carly, man. I just learned that, what you just said. I learned that over the pandemic because I thought I was doing comedy for the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But until I could not do it, and I realized I, I needed it for my own psyche. Your own sanity, yeah. If I didn't go on that stage, mm-hmm. it's something about me that's not right. My wife was was really good at identifying that thing. She's like, you got to get up on stage. You got to figure out something, whether it's on but, it. But we in it so long, Rodney. We in it so long. We junkies now. We we don't do it now. We're going to fucking, we're going to be fiending for the shit. We're going to be like, I got to have my fix. You know, we have to have this because this our shit. And if we're doing this on a regular basis, then we have balance in our lives. And so everything yeah. else in our lives seem to work because this is the path that we chose, you know, and you chose it as a path, you know, because it is a path. And it's it's like this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It, it take a minute to do this thing right. And to, like, I'm just finding out shit yesterday about comedy that I wish I had known 20 years ago. And when really? I went to the convention, oh yeah, when I go to the convention that, that Hope Flood uh, just put together, Comics Rock, and talk to so many of the young folks, I'm learning shit every day. I'm learning shit every day. And if we could, if we could use what we know, because our life experiences is what our story is going to be. And the story you tell about you is, the, is what you're going to get. Whatever the story Indeed. is you're telling, that's the story you're going to be living. And I think the whole game is called Tell Me a Story. So 
I'm still trying to see are there any like killers at the game who are new now. And although they're coming through the social media shit to get to the handle, do they have killer sets too, killer ideals? Let's jump on that. When we come back, we'll be right black, y'all. Michael talks to everybody. We're going to sell some soap or something. I'll see you in a minute. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we're black. Hey, y'all, it's Michael Talks to everybody. You know I'm on here three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, brand new shows. And we're talking to everybody. I'm still waiting for your mama to call me. I have sent her the number for five times. We're talking to everybody over here all across all across, all conversational levels. And so today I'm with my friend, great actor, legendary Rodney Perry, who's worked with Air damn body. I'm talking about Bill Bell, me, uh, Martin Lawrence, Byron Allen, Monique. How's your Monique experience with you sitting on television with Monique for the show? What was that like? You know what, Mike, man? It was really a great experience. So before we do TV, we do radio. Yes. Monique had a radio show, Mm -hmm. and there was a guy that was her sidekick, and I randomly go in to promote. It was. My first day in the studio with Monique was we, we were doing a voting drive for Barack Obama. Okay. He was about to be the president within days. And so we did this voting drive, and she and I had a chemistry. And she would tell me later, she said, Rodney, one thing I like about you is that you and I are never in competition. Mm. Mm. You know, we were always kind of a brother and sister vibe and energy. Nice. And so that was our energy. And by Friday that week they offered me a job with her on radio and we wow. do radio for a few months radio goes away and she looked at me she said rodney bigger and better things are coming and my next call was um from bet to come and do the show yes and oh, so wow. i relocated my family in 2011 we moved to atlanta and um it's it's been one of the best decisions i ever made as far as monique herself like if she was a man it would be a lot of the stuff that uh, the people say about her would be a non-issue Right, right. Like standing up for yourself and 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 putting your foot down about your money. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. nobody questions a man that does that, but no. a woman is looked at, you know, looked down upon that that stands up for itself. So, you know, she's a champion to me. So the story I always tell when I first started working with her, Monique, she said she called and said, "Rodney, I want you to do this show with me." It's at the Beacon Theater in New York. I was like, "All right." I like, you know, what's the money? She said, "Don't ask me the money." And I worked with Steve and said. And they would always tell you the money. She said, don't ask me the money, Roddy Perry. Get your money. I said, Mo, I don't even know what to ask for. What should I ask for for a show like this? She said, nigga, you should be getting like five grand at that time. Mm, mm. And I was like, Mo, I don't even know how to ask for five grand. <laughs> she said, ask for it. Ask for it. So I get on the phone with the promoter, Mike Collier, and he fast talking, hey, 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 hey. So uh, they say you're going to be able to throw you on the show. Monique won't join the show. What's going to cost me? I said, man, I need five thousand. He said, oh, 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 hold on now. Uh, I can't, I can't do no five thousand. But hold on, wait. Hey, hey, this dude. <laughs> he said, well, five thousand. I don't know about that. <laughs> he said, man, we, 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 we need to get, we need to get Monique on the phone because we, we gotta figure this out. He called Monique on three way. She go, hey, sugar, hey, Monique, your boy want five thousand. She said, well, give it to him. He said, Monique, I get anybody. I got to all these comics up here in New York. I get one of them to do it for five hundred. He said, no, you can't, sugar, because they can't work with me. Wow. They can't work with me. Give him what he want. Wow. And and he, and he paid me. And, and I've been working with that dude for 20 years since then. Wow. Nice story. That was a, a, a life lesson, man. And she's one of a handful of people that have went to bat for me that way. So, okay, so how much are you really a Southern? Because I know you're from Chicago, Southside, but you're initially, you're originally from Monroe, Louisiana. Monroe, Louisiana. So how long were you in Monroe? 
to be honest, Mike, I only lived in Mon- in Monroe a very short time, but it was it was formative years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm in my junior year of high school, my senior year of high school. So I bond with all of, all my classmates. I finish high school there. I walk. I graduate there. I go to one year of college there, and I join the Navy out of there. So it's roughly about four years, mm. but it's 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 four pivotal years because you know I went from maybe seventeen, sixteen to right. twenty two, twenty one, or something or so. So and Monroe is my mother's hometown. Mm. I love Monroe. So my mother, my mother, um, you know, and my grandfather owned funeral homes in Monroe. So he buried everybody, you know, everybody from that era. Wow. So we had, we had some pretty, pretty thick roots there in that city. Whoa. Well, so I'm going to hit you with the big question. Uh, hit me with the big question. Okay. It's about what you'd like to achieve. So hear this question all the way out. Then think about it for a moment before you answer it. I'm trying to see what is it you really want to do in this industry. If you could do anything in the whole wide world and people would love you for it, they would praise you for, oh, my God, Rodney's coming. Here comes Rodney, y'all. They would be excited that you even hit the room. You, you can get paid whatever you want. You can get paid whatever you want. You can work one day a week, uh, one day a month, or whenever. You, and this is something that would be so exciting to you, just like my Sonia. It would be so exciting you wouldn't need no alarm clock. You pop up in the morning ready to go. You walk in 35% faster. This thing would give your heart something extra to throb about. What would that be? Wow. Such a great question, man. Um, and I'll give you this before I give you an answer. Okay. I have failed to answer this question several times in my career. Mm. And to, to the to the comics that are listening to this, people are going to ask you, what do you want? What do you want to do? What can you do? And if you do not have an answer to that question, they're going to move on and help somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to answer this question. That's right. Ultimately, I'm kind of living my dream. I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever really wanted was to be a respected comedian. You are that. Not just a comedian, but for my peers to respect me. Mm-hmm. I was hanging out with De- with Sid uh, the Entertainer, who is my mentor. And we, and we were just talking casually. He said, Roddy Perry, you're a legend, man. And to have him stop and acknowledge that yes. as the king of comedy mm-hmm. gives me chills to even say at this moment. Maybe, 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 maybe a job. I would want to be in the late night talk area. Mm-hmm. I would want to. That would bridge all my talent. That would let me do sketches. That would let me do improv. That would let me do uh, stand up. That would, a late night talk show would would be the thing I would get up and do for free if I had to. Okay, so here's the next question: What's keeping you from doing it? Nothing. Okay, then quit fucking around. I got a pilot. I got a pilot in the can. Okay, okay, okay. A in the for can. a late night show. Yes, and it, it's gonna, nice. it's gonna, we we'll be shooting. It's gonna live on Peachtree TV here in Atlanta initially. Okay, okay. but it'll have opportunity to be syndicated because Peachtree has, has has channels all across the country, so it have opportunity to be syndicated. We're working on some sponsorship right now. Uh, I got the uncle nearest people that may be coming in right. to uh, sponsor the show. So, like you said. Don't talk about it. Be about it. I love that. You had the A answer, brother. You are you are actually getting it done. You have a podcast now, right? I do a podcast every day called Roddy Perry Live uh, on YouTube. I use it. I use a similar platform. I use StreamYard. What time of day do you do it? I do it from uh, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Okay. So I think I'm on after you go off. No, you're on at the same time. 
Oh, I thought you. I thought you were on nine a.m. No, you're you're three hours ahead of Los Angeles, so. Oh, got it, got you. So man's from 10 to 11, your time. Yeah, that's a, probably the only reason we haven't done each other's shows. Indeed, absolutely. I, I, would, I, would, I would break my back to get on your show. Me too, brother. I'm working on a new a new piece. It'll be URL Uncle Rodney Live. I want to I wanna really use this whole uncle, uncle idea. The new podcast is Uncle Rodney Live URL. And I like be, that. It would be absolutely. So so I like this space. I like what we what we created here with StreamYard. But I want to do some live, a really live podcast in the same room with the people I'm talking to. So that that's my next step to do that. And you you say the show's called Uncle Rodney URL? URL Uncle Rodney Live. Oh, Uncle Rodney Live. Okay, good, good, good. I am loving that. So when you get ready, you can come on the morning show and talk about that, brother. Come yeah. and promote it one morning. And anytime you want me on any of your shows or anything else, I'm always there for you, brother. Thank you for hooking me up with Monique that time. Uh, you know, she came on and did the show twice. She came and did a part two on here. She did part one and two. It was so good. She, I mean, she's a hero to me. And she also is one of the people who is one of, who's one of my mentors here. Although we started together, I've watched her stay consistent despite, despite all the blows and all the shit she's they brought to her. that if you keep going, it'll work out. Mm, exactly. exactly. As long as you're peddling. You, as long as you're pedaling, you know. Uh, I mean, it's like being on a bicycle. And if you keep on pedaling, you can keep on going. Now, if you stop pedaling, you will coast for a while. But sooner or later, your ass going to fall over if you don't keep on pedaling, you know. So did you hear my joke at the thing about the, uh, they said I was fat shaming? No, who you fat shaming? You, did, you didn't see me go on stage uh, when we gave the award? I, I didn't see it. I wasn't uh, in the room. And, I didn't fat shame. Well, okay. I came in after you finished. Oh, man. But I will say this. So I'm a stroke survivor. Right. Michael called you, called me every day. <laughs> told me a joke while I was in the hospital, and I'll never forget that. And your heart is so kind, and to give a comedian a joke is, is something you ne- I never forget. Oh, brother, thank you. And I'm sorry I put myself upon you so often when other people have strokes. I call Rodney and say, Rodney, can you please talk to him? Just tell him what you did. Oh, I, I, you know what? It's absolutely my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. But you wasn't fucking around with no stroke. I mean, the stroke came, everybody else just laid in and take it, but you wasn't going for that shit. You made it clear bright and early that you ain't laying, you got to go to work. Shows, I was still trying to work. I was trying to get to the show. I had shows to do. Yeah, I, I told shows. my doc, my doc was like, nigga, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question is, who are your comic influences, but also who are your comic heroes? Okay, I love that. So I'm heavily influenced by Eddie Murphy. Me too. Uh, early Me too. Rodney Perry is Eddie Murphy, like, and and how about this? Comics don't get influenced because if you sound too much like the person that you love, you still probably hate your guts. Yeah, you still you a crook, you are a thief. Al Jarreau so, told me he gonna kick Kim's ass if he ever catch him. If I find him anywhere public, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> That's funny. So you know, musical artists get influenced. We kind of don't. So heavily influenced by Eddie Murphy. So to get to share the screen. And coming to America two years ago with Eddie Murphy was mm, life changing. Wow. Were you in a scene with him? Were you in an actual scene with him? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Me, me, Lunell, Leslie Jones, we're all in the same scenes with him. Wow. Okay. Okay. Right. And, and you know, to have him just go, good morning, Rodney Perry was like, yo, the, the king talking to me. Wow. He said, hello, Rodney Perry. Out his yeah, mouth. Yeah, good morning, hello. bro. Okay. Yeah, good morning, Rod. How you doing? Cause he wasn't fucking with me when I did the show. When I did uh, 
Norbit with him. You know, he walked past me fast. He walked past me fast. But back then, I had these motherfucking candies. Do you remember when I had the Michael Kaya candies? Yes. They were yes. pear-flavored. They had my name in the candy. So I would give motherfuckers two candies. Everybody talked to me. They would have my name, my number in the motherfucking candy. I was killing them. So on the yeah. set, I gave them to everybody. I came with Cat Williams, Ed, uh, Eddie Griffin, Eddie Murphy. So a few days into the show, I asked Eddie, I said, man, did you eat them candies? He said, man, them motherfuckers on my bureau. I'm not putting no candy in my mouth to say Michael Kai. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, how you not going to eat them and shit? But it was just some cool shit. He was the coolest to work with out of all the people I've worked with in a film. Right. I ain't never seen nobody do it like he does it. So that was pretty good. So hey, I completely agree. Completely agree. So does he become influence? Is he an influence or is he the hero? He's my influence. Okay. Sid Entertainment is my hero. Mm. Onique is my hero. Yes. A young man by the name of, I don't know if you know this guy or not, uh, Tony Royster. No, I don't know that name. Tony Royster was the OG when I was a young comic. And and I come off the stage, Mike Collier, I'm feeling good about myself. And Tony Royster says, Rodney Perry, what is all that shit in your pocket? I said, what you mean? He said, you on stage with all this shit in your pocket. It's distracting. How dare you? Don't do that. And wow. to this day, I've never on stage with anything in my pocket. Wow. Because Tony Rush stopped and gave me that game. And so another one of my angels is uh, Harry Ratchet, who writes for Kevin Kevin Hart. Harry and I, we served in the United States Navy together. He is my, absolutely best, my absolute best friend. My birthday is tomorrow as we record this show. Wow. And his birthday is the 16th of September. I love and it. And so we, we've been running together for 30 years now. And, um, yeah, that, that guy is my angel, man. Wow. Well, you're 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 one of my influences. Uh I, I also think you're one of my heroes. I like to watch how you work and you continually work and you always help people. You always help the younger comics. And you know what well, that's really what we're supposed to be doing. You know, I had this manager for a long time. I wish I could get him back. He bad my fucker. Name um Vanzo Burke. He's a little guy, but I got him for half off. And here's the thing. He he was he is brilliant. He just not was. He is brilliant. And what he does that I don't see uh, the support teams do anymore, the managers and agents, is he actually still develops the artist. Mm. You know? See, now you don't have that anymore. You used to have, you know, somebody would discover you and they say, oh, I like what you do. They work with you. They tell you the right places to go, what things to do, help you. Now they, people just want to get their percentage. Okay, you look like you're right for this movie. I'm going to get you in this movie. I'm going to get my percentage. But he sticks with his clients and nurtures them and works with them. When we get that, that's excellent stuff. We're out of time. I don't know why I'm still talking. We are way out of time. It's only 30 minutes, and 30 minutes go fast, especially when it's too bad, motherfuckers. I am honored to know you as we are both kings of comedy from Chicago. I also have a kingdom in Venice Beach. But to have you here is a joy, man. Thank you for helping me share the ideals of what what what's modern-day comedy, you know? and and Robin just, Harris is also one of my influences. Yeah, I loved Robin Harris. We we started the Comedy Act Theater together on day one. And he was a great guy. And towards the end, he even got nicer and greater. And, man, if he had lived, nobody would be able to touch him in the next 10 years. Everything boy. changes. The whole landscape of comedy changes for 20 years if he lived. Yeah, yeah. Well, got blessings to him and his family. And it's funny, I just did an interview today for yesterday with Bernie Mac's daughter. She has a podcast called Bernie's daughter. And I did the first episode that. with her. You know, we got to talk about Bernie Mac. And it was great. And I love you, brother. So tell people how they can find you. 
I'm easy to find Roddy Perry live on all social media. Hit me up. Let's be friends, man. I'm always looking for friends and family to add to the fold. Uh, Rodney Perry live on all social media. And he's a comedian and he's an actor and he's a writer and he's an artist and he's just a great guy. And he's a dad, you know, and he's a black man, a real black man and and a husband. Give your wife a big old hug from us, brother. God bless you real good. And thank you for dropping in today. Hey, you guys been listening to Michael Talks to Air by, don't get it, don't get it wrong. It's E-R-R-B-O-D-Y. Tell your mom and Pookie and them to chime in and check me out three days a week. I'm right here talking that talk. Ain't no telling who we're going to talk to next. It could even be you. Have a magnificent day. Remember, life is a garden if you dig it and let no one steal your rainbow. I'm Audi like Kurt Gowdy. Bye. See ya. I had a good time today. I hope y'all did too, man. Thank y'all for checking us out here at Michael Talks to Everybody. Hey, you can follow me, man. I'm easy to follow. I'm on Instagram, just under at Michael Kaya. I'm on TikTok. That's Michael Kaya 135. I have a very sexy webpage called TheRealMichaelKaya.com. You know, you go over there, you can find out about my merchandise and what I'm doing and where all my shows are. Everything is right there. Or if you really love me, you can go to my cash app. That's dollar sign, Michael Kaya's money. I'm playing with y'all, but I accept green stamp, food stamp, Canadian money. I'll take your bus transfer if you got some time left on it. And my morning show, oh my goodness, the Michael Kaya morning show. That's 7 a.m. Pacific time, yo, five days a week. This has been a Raylock Group production. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.